Chapter 23 of Ashton Kirk, Secret Agent, by John Thomas McIntyre. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Pete Milan. Chapter 23. What von Stunenberg Thought. For a moment, the secret agent and the two Germans stood face to face. Then the former said, smilingly, I am sorry to be forced to go at such an early hour, but... And he lifted his brows in such a way that might mean much, or little. There are certain things which require my attention. Von Stunenberg twisted one point of his white mustache, and his blue eyes glinted coldly. It would grieve me to keep you from your affairs, said he in his rumbling voice. But there is a trifling matter which I should like to discuss with you. It will require perhaps only a few moments. The length of time altogether depends upon yourself. I shall be only too glad, said Ashton Kirk agreeably. He glanced at his watch and then added, but since you say that the length of time depends upon me, I will make it as short as possible. It is more than likely that my presence will be urgently needed, quite a little distance from here, in perhaps half an hour. There was a small room at one side, and the German ambassador entered this, followed by the others. Will you sit down? he asked, with grave politeness. The secret agent did so. Hoffer also seated himself. His small head was drawn down upon his big shoulders. The heavy face worked spasmodically. The veins and cords of his tightly clenched hands stood out in high relief. It would be a waste of time for us to indulge in any preamble, spoke von Stunenberg coldly. I know why you came here tonight and I know that you have been in some degree successful in your errand. And so, as that ground is covered, there is no need to go over it again. Ashton Kirk leaned back in his chair, and his white, even teeth shone as he smiled. I have always found it best to examine my ground. Leaping over it is seldom satisfactory, said he. You say that you know why I came here tonight. We will not discuss that if you are opposed to so doing. And again, the quick smile showed itself. But as to your knowing I have been in some degree successful, that is open to debate. Hoffer protruded his small head slowly, much as a turtle might do. Of course, said he, we expected you to deny it. But your making a statement, and our accepting it, are two different matters. Ashton Kirk nodded. To be sure, said he, calmly. Hoffer was about to say something more, but his chief held up a hand. A certain instrument was about to pass into my possession tonight, said von Stunenberg to Ashton Kirk. You knew of this and came here to prevent our being entrusted with it if you could. You are an able man, Mr. Ashton Kirk, but do not forget that we still have the faculty of vision. 
Neither are we in the habit of allowing things to be taken from beneath our noses. You represent a friendly power, said Ashton Kirk, coldly, and of course could have no desire in the matter of the instrument in question other than to hand it with your compliments to this government. Von Stunenberg nodded. Of course, said Hoffer. And it was so understood by others and myself, proceeded Ashton Kirk. But there was a chance. I am perfectly frank, you see, that there might be a desire upon your part to make sure that the document in question was really what you supposed it. To venture to examine it would be a matter of delicacy. And the speaker's voice was suavity itself. And so I concluded that it were a rather friendly thing to save you any mental wrench of that sort by anticipating you. That, said von Stunenberg, and the smoothness of his voice was not a whit behind that of the other, was most considerate of you. Accept my thanks. But... And his blue eyes were wide open in the fixity of the look which he directed toward the secret agent. We would much prefer to assume our own responsibilities. There was a short pause. Then the ambassador leaned a trifle toward the other. And so, he resumed, I should take it as a further expression of your goodwill, if you would hand the paper to me immediately. Ashton Kirk rose and looked at his watch once more. My time is short, said he. So if there is anything of importance, I beg that you mention it at once. Von Stunenberg twisted his up-pointing mustache. His blue eyes were like ice. His manner was grim and menacing. There is nothing to be gained by this attitude, said he. We are not children to be so deceived. You are not children to be so deceived. Ashton Kirk smiled as he repeated the ambassador's words. Perhaps not, but Metsadi apparently fancied it not very difficult when he arranged his little scene a few minutes ago. Von Stunenberg cast a quick look at Hoffer. The latter's small head turned slowly upon the secret agent. Matsadi did arrange the scene, said he, and there was admiration in his voice. No stage manager could have done better. He had not watched the English girl more than a moment when he saw, as did you and I, with a conclusive wave of the hand that the papers desired were in the bag at her side. At sight of the Italian woman, he grasped his opportunity for creating a momentary ruffle. In the midst of this, at a signal, his confederate allowed the revolver to explode, so transforming the slight confusion into a panic. During this, his agent was to abstract the document. Ashton Kirk nodded after the manner of one workman exchanging experiences with another. "'That was not all that I saw,' went on Hoffer. "'I saw Matsati's agent making his way toward Miss Corbin to play his part, 
before the discharge of the revolver. Also, and the big jaws tightened, I saw you doing your best to anticipate him. Ashton Kirk laughed, and there was an odd expression in his singular eyes. Was there nothing more that you noticed? he asked. It was sufficient, put in von Stunenberg grimly, that he saw you reach the girl's side before the Japanese. And, if anything more were needed, an instant after you got within reaching distance, Miss Corbin discovered that the papers were gone. And that Okiu was baffled, said Hoffer. One had only to give him a chance to discover. The rage in his face showed that you had beaten them, that you had taken the prize out of their own trap. Ashton Kirk laughed once more. My dear sir, said he, you credit me with a dexterity which I do not possess. It is true that I did. He paused, and then turned to Hoffer. Aside from Okiu, did you see anyone else of Matsadi's? No. Upon the fact that I reached Miss Corbin's side before Okiu, you base your belief that I must have secured the paper. Ashton Kirk placed his fingertips together with great nicety, and then looked placidly at Hoffer. Have you encountered Matsadi before this? I have, answered the German. In that you have the advantage of me. But from what I have heard of him, he is a man who plans with considerable effect. Is it likely, and he bent toward the other slightly, that he would stop at one man in the crowd? The thick jowls of Hoffer bulged, and a dull red crept into his face. You mean... He got this far, and then stopped. You think, he continued, after a moment, that there were more than Okiu? I know it, said Ashton Kirk. I counted at least three. Matsadi is not restricted to the use of his own countrymen. The man who dropped the revolver, for example, was an American. At that moment, Fuller, his face wearing an anxious expression, looked into the room. Seeing Ashton Kirk, he hurried to him. This, said he, holding out a message, was just handed in. I told the man that I would look you up. Ashton Kirk took the envelope, murmured an apology, and tore it open. There were but a few lines, and he read them at a glance. Then he handed the paper to von Stunenberg and arose. It seems, said he, that everything is about ready for me, and I really must go. Saw Matsadi come out just now, read the German ambassador. Two men who had preceded him signaled from across the street. He joins them, and all three hurry to the Japanese embassy, have buildings surrounded, and am awaiting you. Kalbasan! Von Stunenberg lifted a crimson face as he finished the message. The rats! he cried. They have beaten me! 
he handed the paper back to the secret agent. As he did so, his countenance cleared somewhat, and he smiled grimly. And also, he added, with some appreciation, they have beaten you. Not quite, replied Ashton Kirk, coolly, as he buttoned up his long coat. I have still a card to play. You would not dare. Hoffer paused as though the act the other had in mind were too daring to even put into words. Not in a foreign embassy, he added fearfully. But the secret agent smiled. If the search for what I desire leads me to a foreign embassy, why not? asked he. What I ventured in the German, surely I shall not hesitate to repeat in the Japanese. And now, gentlemen, I must say, good night. And with this he left the room and hurried down the hall, Fuller following close behind him. End of chapter 23